Hello friends, your host Billy Dean Shoemate III here and welcome back to another episode of Strange Places. This podcast is brought to you by, who is it brought to you by? Anchor and DistroKid. Wow. It's Monday morning. So um, I wanted to say first before we get into anything, I am absolutely stunned. I'm thrilled at the listenership that this podcast has. It is honestly astounding. I never thought that Strange Places would be even remotely where it is. And there's still there's always room to improve, right? There's always a place to go. There's always a summit to reach. But I've, I never expected Strange Places to be as um, well listened as it has. It's honestly kind of frightening because I uh, I run another podcast. I mean, I'm in its sixth season, you know, almost 200 episodes in, over 200 actually, if you count the bonus episodes. But you know, I'm used to that organic growth and how difficult it is and how slow it is, you know, to get that kind of listenership that Strange Places had pretty much right out of the box. It's honestly kind of scary. And uh, I mean, we should do a episode just on how freaky it is that <laughs> this show is only, what, 40-something episodes in? And we have, you know, th- this kind of listenership. I am deeply thankful that you keep coming back. So today... On Strange Places, we're going to travel to Wyoming. Yes. Why? Well, in specific, we're going to the San Pedro Mountains first. The date, as we hop in our DeLoreans, is October of 1932. We're going to take a look at the story of the San Pedro Mummy. See what we think about it. Now, chances are, if you have ever rented a book from a public library about weird stuff, strange places, weird artifacts, misplaced things, Freaky stories, you've seen a picture of the San Pedro mummy. Guaranteed. It's a story that doesn't pop up very much these days. And you'll learn why. Very intriguing mystery. Now, for generations, shamans, medicine men of the Crow, Shoshone, that's how you say it right, Shoshone and Arapaho tribes, have told stories of a mythical race of supernatural beings that performed feats of amazing physical strength. According to legend, the being stood less than two feet high. For more than a century, the story of the little people was just a tall tale to the pioneers. However, in October of 1932, amateur gold prospectors Cecil Maine and Frank Carr were exploring the San Pedro Mountains in Wyoming when they found an unusual mummified figure in a cave. Six inches high in a seating position, more uh, accurately, the uh, what your teacher used to call Indian-style sitting. Do they even do that in schools anymore? Or do they consider that uh, racist? Because, <laughs> you know, we're in, in some good ways and some ridiculous ways, we're getting more PC, right? But our teacher used to say sit Indian-style. That's how old I am. Do they still do that, Xander? Nope. They don't say Indian-style anymore? Nope. Cross, what do they say, cross-legged? Yes. Wow. Anyway, my own times have changed. So it was sitting cross-legged. It had a flattened skull, brown skin with wisps of gray hair coming from the back of the head. Gray. They believe that it may have been part of the race of the little people. Several days later, Maine returned alone to the cave and took it, despite the fact that the cave was a sacred Native American burial site, which is a big no-no, right? He took it anyway. The discovery made headline news in the area. 
Some Wyoming residents believe that one of the Native American tribes had previously placed it in the cave. Maine did not seem to care what the mummy was. He just wanted to sell the thing. He soon found a buyer, insurance salesman Homer Sherrill. In 1934, Sherrill purchased it for $25. I know you're kind of scoffing at that. But in 1934, $25 was a pretty penny. He took it on the road. He used it as part of a sideshow attraction, charging people 25 cents to take a gander. It remained an attraction for quite a while, several years. 1936, it ended up with Floyd Jones. Uh, this guy, he owned a drugstore in Matisse, Wyoming. He displayed it in his store <laughs> for some reason. If I go to a drugstore, if I go to CVS and pick up you know, my medication for anything, I see this thing on the fucking counter, I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Seeing that at the counter at your local drugstore, you go to pick up your Preparation H and you see uh, you know, mummified little person with a caved-in skull. That's pretty witch doctory. That's amazing that he was able to get away with that. Anyway, he displayed it in his drugstore in the, that's bizarre to me, in the mid-1940s, used car salesman Ivan Goodman saw it at the store. He bought it from Jones for over $1,000. Wow. Insur uh, uh, inflation goes uh, by pretty, you know, it <laughs> moves up pretty quick, but not that fast. $1,000 in the 1940s? Wow. In 1950, Goodman brought uh, he, he brought the mummy to Dr. Paul Martin of the Chicago Museum of Natural History. Perfect place for it to be. Smart guy. That's exactly where I would take it, even now. Took it in for an analysis. And I'm not being smart. This is the place that you want to take that. He took photographs and x-rays of the thing. This is in 1950, okay? But uh, see, the x-rays revealed that and this is this is what's freaky. The x-rays revealed that it had a complete skeletal structure, as was a full set of teeth. This thing had the bones, fully developed bones, of a grown adult. It appeared to be mummified remains of a fully developed and adult human being, which just happened to be 17 inches tall. Now I know what you're thinking. Who is the shortest person ever recorded in human history? And we've been taking notes of this for quite some time. Well, as featured in the Guinness Book of World Records 2015, Chandra Badhor Danghi is one foot nine inches tall. Which, uh, if you took the San Pedro mummy and had him, you know, stand up, he's still going to be shorter than the shortest man ever recorded. I think he beat him by six in six, uh, yeah. Six centimeters, no, not centimeters. Inches, sorry. <laughs> Beat him by six inches. That's amazing. So the x-rays showed this thing is an adult. It appeared mummified. Crazy. After reviewing all of the material, though, Dr. Martin came to a different conclusion. He believed it was an infant that suffered from anencephaly. Anencephaly is a condition in which infants are born with, without a brain and lack a complete skull. As a result, they may take on the physical appearance of an adult. You have seen infants with anencephaly before. Don't Google it if you have a strong stomach. I know uh, babies are all precious. I don't care what they suffer from. If they have Harlequin syndrome, I don't care. Give me that baby. I'm giving it hugs and kisses. 
Love me babies. But where was I getting at? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm recording this on a Monday at 10 in the morning. But what I'm trying to get at here is don't look up pictures of it. It's not for the, that's what I was trying to say, actually. Don't look up pictures of it. Don't Google it. It's not for the weak stomach. It really isn't. But I guarantee you've seen a picture of this before. You know, the babies with the very flat skulls, the big bugged out eyes. And uh, that's what anencephaly is. There's varying degrees of it and varying levels of severity. But yeah, this is where infants are born without a brain. They lack a skull, so the skull usually caves in on itself. As a result, they could take on the physical appearance as of an adult. Uh, anencephaly, though, do they have fully developed bone structures? From what I'm seeing, no. That's just take on the appearance of an adult, and still, that's a stretch. I don't think they look like adults at all. I think they look like babies. Malformed, yes, but babies nonetheless. However, researcher Eugene Bashore claimed that other experts believe that the malformed skull could have been the result of a blow to the head. According to one expert, there were pieces of skull in the scalp that were hanging down as if it were beat down as a result of trauma. I would like to note that everybody who had examined the San Pedro mummy since did not see, or did not report anyway, any pieces of the skull that were quote-unquote hanging down. And I don't see it myself on the x-rays. I'm not a doctor, but this has only been reported once. I'm just throwing that out there. It's a, it's a piece of evidence, right? And we have to count that. Bashore further claimed that the scientists he spoke with believed that the mummy had other adult characteristics. Prominent full set of teeth. While an infant would have two sets of undeveloped teeth inside the jaw. However, anthropologist George Gill stated that the experts he talked to believe it was anencephalic uh, infant. Which... I did research that anencephaly can cause some of these infants do have fully developed teeth. Isn't that crazy? No brain, underdeveloped bone structure, underdeveloped skull, full set of teeth. Isn't that wild? But anyway, the human body is uh, amazing in good and bad ways. Now, 1950, okay, October. Goodman loaned the mummy to Dr. Leonard Wadler the alleged curator of the New York Museum. I say alleged, just listen. Goodman believed that he could make a great amount of money if Wadler could prove that it was a North American relative of the pygmies, relative of the pygmies, a race of people in Africa and Asia who stand four to five feet in height. Okay? Now, there was some money in this if Wadler could prove that it was a North American relative of the pygmies. However, Goodman died of a... Stroke, very shortly after that. Didn't have time to. Wadler kept the mummy. Some have speculated that Wadler was not a doctor and was actually a con artist. That remains to be proven, but it's very, very likely. To date, you know, I don't want to speak ill of someone who has, you know, passed on. We don't know if he was a con artist or not. That's just one of the theories. To date, no one is quite sure what the mummy is or what happened to it. It was last seen in Florida with Wadler in 1975 and has never been located again. Gill hopes that it could be found so that it could be analyzed using modern scientific techniques, such as DNA analysis and carbon dating. Carbon dating is hardly modern, and that was around at the time. I don't know why they say carbon dating. X-rays have not changed. 
Yeah, this uh, X-ray does. You could tell its age, yeah. But X-ray technology is still just as it was. It's very <laughs> brilliantly engineered, but simple technology. X-rays have not changed. So if we want to get honest with ourselves, DNA analysis is all you got. But that's still worth finding the mummy for because DNA analysis is a big one. Native Americans, meanwhile, hope that it can be recovered for its spiritual value. They still say to this day, this is one of their little people. In their view, a sacred burial site was disturbed. Ultimately, they would like to return it to an appropriate resting place. This is a, this is a crazy one. <laughs> now, I, I do have to tell you some more that went on here. In uh, February of 1994, okay, a Native American couple came forward after they realized that they had a similar mummy in their possession that also originated from the San Pedro Mountains. Ooh, yeah. The mummy was of a young girl named Chiquita. She was mummified in the same position as the other one, with her legs crossed, her arms folded across her chest. Interesting. Let me pull up a Chiquita mummy here real quick. Because we're gonna we're gonna make references to this too. Uh, Chiquita, where are you? There you are. Let's pull up a better picture of Chiquita. There we go. Okay, so yeah, and by the way, if you guys hear an air conditioner going, we're having a heat wave. It's starting to cool down a little bit now. We're starting to get some rain and stuff, but I'm not sitting in this room without AC. You guys are just gonna, <laughs> you guys are just gonna have the deal. I will try to mix it out as best I can. But you know, I want to be uh I want to be an inspiration to people wanting to start a podcast and start streaming and stuff like that. If it's hot as balls in your room, don't turn off the AC, okay? People will understand. <laughs> Just make sure you're using a decent mic, decent gear. Uh use the right mic for the right room, no signal to noise ratio. Do your homework. You can leave the AC on if you know how to mix it properly and let you know, kind of give you a forewarning. I'm not sweating in this room. But anyway, Chiquita, interesting, right? Gill analyzed the remains and determined that she had been born sometime in the 1500s. DNA testing, yeah, revealed that she was, in fact, Native American. Gill also determined that she had died of anencephaly, similar to what the San Pedro mummy was suspected of dying from. While the other remains have never been found, it is believed that they both share the same exact characteristics. Wadler was later discovered to have died in Florida in the 1980s. It is not known what happened to the mummy after his death. However, it is believed to still be somewhere in Florida. I did not include this in my original research. This just occurred to me just now. I wonder what the uh, odds are that a Native American family would have a child born with anencephaly. Is anencephaly hereditary? And no, it isn't. Well, there goes my theory. <laughs> but anyway, it's bizarre. The San Pedro mummy, they say this thing has a fully developed skeleton. Other people say it's an anisoleptic, I can't say that properly, infant, which can show, now that I'm seeing this, I take back what I said earlier. This whole time I've been talking, I've been researching this anencephaly stuff, in particular the bone structure. And yeah, there are some pretty strange anomalies with anencephalic infants. That's hard to say. And there are some anomalies with the skeleton. There are adult-like features there. 
Is this one of the mystical, mummified, Native American, legendary little people? Or is this an anencephalic infant? Well, let's do what we do best, kids, right? We're good at this by now. We're almost 50 episodes in. This is our forte, right? Taking something and looking at the common sense, what's right in front of us. No prejudices. No, I want this to happen so bad, so you know what? It happened. No. We're going to look at it for what it is. We're going to deliver a verdict. That's what we do on this show. We take it apart. We use some common damn sense, which is sorely lacking in the area of paranormal study these days. Let's, let's bring sexy back and do what we do. So, I, I know, I'm showing my age here. So, <laughs> um, where do we start? Let's start with, let's just call them Pedro and Chiquita. No disrespect. So just in the sake, you know, for in the sake of moving this along in brevity, we'll call Pedro and Chiquita. Now, Pedro, we have some people saying that it's the little people. We have some people saying that it's an anencephalic. I really don't want to say that word anymore. Anencephalic infant. Please pardon my lack of medical terminology knowledge or even being able to say it. I'm trying my best. But here's the weird part, okay? Just use some damn sense. If I go to a place that has an ancient civilization still living there, right? And I'm lost in the desert or lost in the woods. And let's say I'm lost in, I'm in the middle of Syria and I'm lost in the woods. I'm going to go to one of these old tribesmen, one of the old guys, not one of the young cats, one of the old guys. And say, hey, how do I get water from the desert? And he says, well, you take this blessed cane and you strike the rock with it, and out comes the water. They used to do that. They knew which stones had water inside them. Yes, well, yes, stones can hold water. Some can be slight porous. Was the staff magic? No. they just been doing it for so fucking long. So many thousands of years, they knew what stones had water in them. Right? There's a lot of cases like that. If I were to go to a place that had an ancient civilization and I wanted to know if something really happened, I would ask the oldest society there. Because 10 times out of 10, this story has been passed down since it happened. If I want to find out what happened to Roanoke, right, which we may tackle on this show, I'm going to go talk to the surviving Croatoans, the Croatians. I'm going to talk to the surviving members there. Is it going to be true every time? No, but it's going to put me in a in the right place because these stories have been passed down verbally. Yes, it's a game of telephone. That's why you got to be careful. But they've been passed down since this event occurred. That's going to get you to the closest starting point. Okay, not end point. Starting point to do your research. You ask the oldest group of people there. It's just smart. If I want to find out the exact mountain, the exact spot where Moses addressed the Israelites heading to the promised land, I'm talking thousands of people. I'm looking for a natural amphitheater with a mountain with a natural spring on the top of it. Already very, very rare characteristics. I'm not going to ask who built the church willy-nilly on some mountain that may be 100 miles away. No. I'm going to go to the oldest cat there, and I'm going to say, where's Mount Sinai? And I guarantee he'll tell me in a hot second. Whether this event happened or not, 
I believe it did. I'm a Christian. I believe it did. But regardless, whether this happened or not, you that's just common sense. You ask the oldest cats in the area, and they're saying that this is one of the fabled little people. Good starting point. Okay, let's go further. This is where a lot of paranormal studies really screw up. And I listened to a podcast about the San Pedro mummy just a couple nights ago. They concluded that it was one of the little people. No, we need to go farther. Okay, you stopped where I started. It's kind of like saying, I believe in angels and that's it. Well, what about God? No, 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 that's bullshit. Where the fuck do you think they came from? (laughs) You know what I mean? Go to the source. Keep going up higher until you hit the ceiling. That's what we're doing. So people say that it's a full-grown adult. People say it's anencephaly. Well, let's find out about anencephaly, right? It can cause very strange bone anomalies, bone structure anomalies. We have the same caved-in head. We have the same bulged out what's left of the eye sockets. We have characteristics of an adult human. And this thing would be the shortest human being if it stood up. If this was an adult, it would be the shortest human being ever recorded. Was it purposely mummified? No. It was mummified because of the conditions inside that cave. Now it just so happens that there was another mummy found in San Pedro. You would think that this is utter and complete bullshit, right? (laughs) You would be like, okay, come on. This thing's been sitting around since the 1930s, and this couple just so happened to have the same mummy from the same area. Well, you know what? That's exactly what happened. This has been verified, documented. This mummy is from the same area, and they DNA tested this thing. It is Native American. They had modern doctors, modern doctors examine it, anencephaly. And all these doctors, it was actually examined by 15 different doctors. They all independently and unanimously said anencephaly. One doctor I could probably argue with, but 15 giving it the same diagnosis independently, it's anencephalic infant. Isn't it reasonable to assume that we have two mummies from the same area? One is shrouded in mystery. We have no idea what it is, if it's one of the little people, if it's an adult, if it's an infant, if it's this or that. And we have another mummy. Come on, guys. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about these other podcasts and YouTube channels and stuff. You know what I mean? The, the same clickbaity kind of, the world will never find out you know, kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Come on. Use your heads. We have what is diagnosed by 15 physicians as an infant with anencephaly, mummified in the same conditions in the same area. What does that tell you? <laughs> I know. And we've proven stuff on this show. We have debunked stuff. We've said, man, you know, there's been cases where we said, dude, there's nowhere else to go. I can't prove this. I can't disprove it. And it's freaky when that happens. And we got to say, requires further study. I need to go back and make a ranking you know, of uh, things we've uh, do a uh, account, right? Put little tally marks on them. The ones that we've disproven or debunked, the ones that we've proven, and the ones that say require further study. I'm willing to bet, I'll put money on it, that the, don't, don't, <laughs> don't take, don't hold me to this. <laughs> but I am willing to bet, theoretically, 
the metaphorical bet, right? That we have done more requires further study than any other thing. There's going to be more tallies there than anything else. As far as the San Pedro mummy being one of the mythical little people, I am taking my big red stamp on it and I am slamming the word debunked. Fully and completely debunked. Why? Because we have a verified mummy in the same area, same conditions, everything. Look at the x-rays of Chiquita. Adult-like bone structure, caved-in head, giant eyeballs. This is an anencephalic. I don't want to say that word anymore. This is an infant with anencephaly. This is proven, diagnosed. Isn't it reasonable to say that the San Pedro mummy is the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, the the San Pedro mummy kind of does look like an adult. It looks like an indigenous adult. But it's not. This thing suffers from anencephaly. It is an infant. And I don't need to examine the I don't need to examine Pedro to prove that because we have another one. And this is verified. This is documented. It's not just some people who had some pygmy mummy sitting around or made up some thing or paper mache, what have you, or their own kid. You know, this was analyzed. This is from this area. This body's from the 1500s. DNA match, Native American. The Native Americans say that it has spiritual purposes, which it probably does. I'm not discounting that at all. We had a lot of, and I, I have a lot of Native American background myself. Yeah, I'm not one of those guys that actually that says, I have Native American blood in me, like that's some kind of exclusive fucking club or something. I got papers and shit. I have Native American background myself, Cherokee. And it's true. We, we, we had a lot of respect for our dead. If something or somebody was born with some kind of condition or disease, we didn't go out and put them to death immediately. We, we didn't do that. We had a lot of respect for our, at least the Cherokee, you know, you know, at least the Cherokee. We respected our dead. In particular, we had respect for the dead infants. And I can imagine that if an infant was born in this horrific a condition, like I said, I love all babies. I don't care if that baby is missing the top of its head or not. Give me that baby. It's going to get hugs and kisses before it goes. And anencephaly is a fatal condition. If we saw, and it is horrific, I'm not going to lie, the condition is terrifying to look at. It's scary. If we saw an infant being born like that, we, I like to believe that we would have buried it and treated it like any other person, like any other human being. As a matter of fact, it'd probably be treated as some sort of omen. It's still a human being. I want to find out something. How rare is anencephaly? I know I spelled that wrong. Okay, one in every 4,600 babies. Wow. That is not nearly as rare as I thought it was. I don't want to do this, but I'm going to look up photos of anencephalic infants. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, it looks like the San Pedro mummy. And I don't even have to go that far. Because we got another one. So yeah, kids. I am putting my big red stamp on this one. Debunked. 
Pedro is not one of the little people. Like I was saying, you know, it probably is sacred to the, uh, you know, uh, Arapaho, right? Shoshone, it's probably sacred to them. Yeah, I would like to see them get it back. It needs to be, I think, if it was me, I would take as much analysis as I could on paper, take as many photographs of every single square nanometer of this thing, microscopic even, x-ray the hell out of it, do whatever you want, give it back to the Arapaho, give it back to the Shoshone, give it back, let them put that back in the cave where it belongs. It was theirs before it was yours, right? This was Native American burial ground. We need to have respect for that. Imagine if hundreds of years in the future, someone goes and breaks into Marilyn Monroe's coffin, right? And lops off her hand and uses it as a sideshow attraction. You would be ranting and raving, oh my God, there'd be torches in the streets. How come we can't do that, but you guys could do that to Native Americans? The statue needs to be... Ret- that statue. <laughs> That's not a statue. She's a fucking human being. It looks like a statue. Sorry. The mummy needs to be returned to its rightful resting place. This is a human being. Yeah, this child probably died within minutes, hours at the most of its birth. But it's a human being. It deserves a proper burial. I think the only thing that you should put in a museum is the analysis. You know what I mean? Maybe... Take a if you without running the risk of destroying the mummy, maybe make a cast of it somehow or something. But yeah, kids, this thing is not one of the fabled little people. I saw on a YouTube channel while I was doing my research, they thought that it was possibly one of the star people. No, it wasn't the history channel because <laughs> you know how they believe everything they hear. <laughs> the case was also uh, featured on the series Monumental Mysteries. And they're faced with all this, and very, very few people who, anal- who analyze this thing mention Chiquita at all. Or, God forbid, look up a photo of an anencephalic infant. I said that right. That's what this is, man. Balls to bones, hands down, and I can prove it. So, what do you think of the San Pedro mummy? Let me know. Whatever you're listening to this on, you can send me a message. You can uh, go on Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com for all things Strange Places related. All the social media links are there, as well as the link to get to our Patreon account where you can get early access to episodes, giveaways, certain tiers, bonus stuff, all kinds of crap. Check it out. And uh, speaking of the patrons, shout out to them, by the way. The Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel, Donald Haynes, David Peterson. This show would not exist Without your financial support, I really do appreciate it, truly. So, kids, thank you for listening to another episode of Strange Places. Again, uh, before we go, uh, again, I'm sorry for the fan sounds. I I deeply apologize for that. Like I said, I'm not going to be sweating my ass off in this room over a podcast. You know, I just, I'm one of those guys who I refuse to be uncomfortable. All the crap that I've been through in my life, I, I take this bag full of like, my little electronic Yahtzee game and books and my laptop and my fucking Kindle and a deck of cards. I'm serious. I take this to doctor's appointments. I'm just one of those guys who refuses to be uncomfortable if I, you know, if I don't have to be. And I'm just like that. Plus, I do want to be an inspiration to other podcasts and budding podcasters out there. 
If you have a fan going, if you have this, I don't care. If you have a $20 microphone, I don't give a shit. If you want to make a podcast, if all you have is a phone, do it. Do it. It's for everybody. It's for us all. People say podcasts are oversaturated. That is bullshit. Podcasts are not oversaturated. That's just an excuse made by people who fail at episode eight. who will never make anything of themselves or their idea. Do it. Anyway, thanks for listening again. Thanks for coming back to Strange Places. Are we ever going to run out of Strange Places to talk about strange things to talk about? No, I do not think so. Because every town has a strange place, and maybe one day we'll visit yours. This episode is brought to you by Review That Review, a comedy podcast dedicated to reviewing pedestrian online reviews. What Cisco and Ebert did for cinematic masterpieces, Chelsea and Trey do those for hilarious, scathing, and sometimes suspicious reviews, littering Yelp, TripAdvisor, Amazon, and The Knot. Rather than making fun of internet Karens, they, the review queens, dissect and inspect each review and ultimately rate it on a scale of zero to five crowns, cause you know, they're the review queens, based on a detailed roster including spelling and grammar, commonality of the experience, trustworthiness, and more. The show maintains a voice mailbox to take listeners' complaints, royal highness inductees, and reviews listeners have found themselves. In a world of conflicting reviews, they tell you which you can trust. So check them out. Review that review at reviewthatreview.com. Follow that podcast.com slash the review queens, as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All links will be in the description of whatever you're listening to this show on. Thanks, Review That Review, for being sponsors of Asylum 817 Productions. Now, on to the show, kids. <laughs>